Hey guys, welcome back to Ableton Cast. Thank you so much for coming back. I'm Kevin. And uh, yeah, let's see what I want to talk about today. Ooh, well, uh, I started an Instagram. I'm very, very late to the party. Uh, but I'd love it if you would go to Instagram and check out Ableton Cast. I'm posting um, pictures about episodes, uh, studio tours. I'm also making little videos because I love you guys and I know you're desperate for content. I know you're very hungry for content, so I've been making you uh, little 60-second videos of in Ableton. So doing kind of like 60 seconds in Ableton these lessons because that's the sort of Instagram feed rules that it has to be 60 seconds, as you guys probably know. So I've taken that as a bit of a challenge to try and do these little lessons that can only be 60 seconds at a time. I like long lessons at times, but I also think short lessons are kind of cool because it's just like, okay, everything I need to know is in 60 seconds and there we go. All done. Trying to quickly think of any deals. Of course, you've got the Ableton deal still going on, which is good. I think Isotope has some good deals. Native Instruments, yeah, as always. Still got the Sound Toys thing going on. Check it out. There's probably loads others that I don't know about. Um, but yeah, just have a look. This is a great time for deals. A lot of companies are really making great efforts to try and help people out. Okay, welcome back to Ableton Cast. Today, I've got a great guest. His name is Hector Hernandez. Uh, he's originally from Spain, but now lives in Bristol. And Hector does, uh, he does quite a lot. And yeah, I'm just really thrilled to have him on the show. So Hector, welcome to the show and thanks so much. Uh, thanks for having me. So I also have to say um, a little shout out to Chris Bird. Uh, my friend Chris sort of made the introduction. So thank you very much, Chris. Um, so Hector, do you want to just um, start by kind of telling people what you do? currently at the moment sort of music wise ableton wise okay so so music wise i'm currently working on uh on an ep that's kind of based around the sounds of nature <laughs> um so looking at ways to make something that's electronic and danceable but that's influenced by sounds of um you know sounds within a forest you know so here in Bristol, there's quite a few really nice sort of like woodlands that you can walk through and there's like the sounds of birds and like leaves and trees and you can get some really amazing sort of percussive sounds out of that. Um, or like, you know, just really cool ambience. And so what I'm looking to do is I'm looking to kind of like reflect um, the organic sort of feel of nature and in a way sort of make, convey that idea onto a four-track EP. And that's kind of like the... Um, the project I've been working on and also yeah cool also just before the whole thing with the corona and everything I was also working with my friend um, James Crossy who's uh, who's a drummer um, wicked drummer and um, we've been doing uh, live performances together in which I'm kind of like uh, walking through a live set in which I've got different stems to um, a lot of my tracks and then uh, what he does is kind of like he he complements the music as in hitting like a metronome click, um, and obviously he can hear the music too. And then he just plays the drums along, and uh, and we were looking at ways to sort of fusion, uh, kind of like bass music, full on electronic, um, you know, from like hip hop to house and drum bass, 
with live drums, but in a very sort of cohesive way, something that sounds quite natural. And um, yeah. we were quite happy with it as well. We've been playing, uh, we've played at venues such as, for example, The Plough, and, and it was really well received. Um, so that's one direction I really want to keep pushing as well in terms of kind of um, doing more of a, of a live performance of, of the music. And uh, it's great as well when you play live, when you play your own music, because you can really sort of um, vibe off, uh, off the crowds. You know, you can actually vibe for people around yeah. you. And um, and that sort of like influences the direction of of how the music is performed in a sense, you know. So so yeah, looking forward to kind of explore that more. Um, and we're gonna be doing a thing as well on Friday, which I will confirm on Facebook. I'm gonna be doing like a live stream thing where you can see my friend and myself. You know, like we're just gonna be doing. He's gonna be on the drums, and I'm gonna be doing the live performance. And we're just gonna make a video with both of us at the same time and fusing it together. So. It's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, awesome. I was wondering if you could mention how you're recording stuff when you're going out into the forest to record those sort of ambient sounds. Yeah. Um, recently, I've sort of like been mo- I've been um, researching into, uh, although I've been making music in Ableton for many, 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 many years, right? Um, I've been kind of like researching that ways and how you can minimize your setup uh, when you're out and about and some of the possibilities that you can actually, some of the things that you can do with like minimum technology, right? Um, so I've been sort of playing around with like, uh, with an iPhone and I've got this, yeah. this application called Koala Sampler, which just absolutely blew me away on what you can actually do. Um, because you can actually sort of, um, it uses the, uh, the iPhone microphone. And if, if you do have one of the latest models, the quality is actually fairly decent. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, so you can actually sort of like record hits and it trims the audio for you on the fly. You can normalize, you can reverse fade in, fade out and all that stuff. And basically what I'm doing is I'm doing a lot of recording and editing as I as I'm walking through <laughs> through the woods, right, and I'll be like, okay, this works, this doesn't work, this cards, and then I just get like a collection of really nice sounds, and then I can export them onto an Ableton Live set, which it does as well. So then I can then import them back into Ableton and then play around with them, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So it's just a way to, because um, I always before I mean I've got, I've got a portable recorder uh, and it's nice to carry that with you. Um, but I find that obviously with a portable recorder, there's only so much editing that you can do within the recorder. And then I just feel like then I have to go home, import everything into Ableton, go through all my recordings, and it just takes forever. And um, yeah, and something like this, right? It blew my mind the fact the fact that you could actually just like do snippets of different things and put them in their own sort of like cells, a bit like a drum rack, right? Uh, in Ableton, yeah, sure. And and then you can have everything prepared before you even import it into Ableton and start working with it. So I really like that sort of like workflow in which you can be walking around with your phone, editing samples on the fly. And then once you've done that, once you're happy with that, then you put that into Ableton. And there's a lot of work that you've already done. So it's quite gratifying to like then get tucked in, you know, and then um, start writing a track uh, with all those elements already in place, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, that sounds like a really cool app, Paul try and put a note of that in the show notes so people can look that up as well. Yeah. Cool. So like I was saying, you do a lot of different things. Uh, you know, you're an artist, you've released stuff on on a label or labels. Yeah, correct? so so I released 
uh, in set audio records, um, audio freaks, uh, domestic uh, as well, pushing plastic. Uh, and now I had like uh, my latest releases have been in uh, bass machine records, which are two, there's like four bass house tracks. Uh, and now I'm going to be doing uh, my EP, which I think it might be a self-release. I'm not sure. Um, I have to I kind of sort of have to figure out. I've got a couple of labels I might be approaching. Um, but yes, yeah, so I've, been, I've been around for a while. I've released um, two albums and also I released um, sample packs for, in fact, I released a sample pack for uh, Noise, uh, which also was known as Sample Phonics before. So yeah. Okay, cool. So for anyone out there who's like, you know, maybe a bit interested in thinking, wow, I'd love to sort of get my song, you know, on released on, on a label. Do you have any advice to them on where they need to sort of like what they need to try and do in order to yeah, make that happen? Um, how it happened to me, it happened through connections uh, in terms of like knowing people that work in distribution companies, um, a couple of my friends when I was living in London, for example, and those connections kind of open up that avenue. Um, I think connections are extremely important. Um, and I'm talking about knowing, getting to know people. I think like one of the main things that really sort of opened things up for me was studying music technology, in which I got to meet quite a lot of other producers. And also I got to meet producers that they yeah. could start record labels or they work in distribution companies and everyone were kind of in the music world, so to speak. So being in a place where, where you're surrounded by other artists is really important. For example, here in Bristol, um, I had, not anymore, <laughs> it's all, it's all um, stopped at the moment, but I had a studio in which it was in, that, in this place called the Old uh, Mold House here in Bristol. And, um, and it was really good, really, really good because it was basically a building in which you got all these different artists um, and then you could actually interact with them and uh, because obviously there's like a kitchen and then you get to know them and there's so many drum-based producers or like jazz bands and, and it's great because then you get to sort of like have a sense of community and also getting to uh, collaborate. And that's how I actually met uh, James, the drummer, uh, who I'm collaborating with. So that's my advice if you're gonna do the online route, uh, research which labels you believe are closest to the music that you are creating, and just be really nice and kind. Just be, you know, when you approach and just say, "Look, guys, I absolutely love this stuff on your label. Um, I really like this artist. This artist on your label, you know. Uh, uh, what do you guys think about my music? That will make me really happy. You know, is there any way that um, you know you could have a listen? Just yeah. you know, because Obviously, record labels are just people, you know, that they run the labels and you want to treat them uh, with respect and you want to obviously do your homework before you contact them. I had, um, just to give you an idea, I had some students in the past that they like, they didn't even do any research about the label and they just got in touch with them and the labels were like, why? Yeah. Why did you even send us your music? Like, <laughs> that's not fate at all and stuff like that. So, yeah, so sure. do their work before you reach them. Um, get to know them a little bit. Um, but what works best is obviously knowing uh, knowing friends, just like having like friends in, in high places, like they say, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, that's good. So you've been working with Ableton, I think, did you say since Ableton yeah. 7? Yeah, that was, is that right? I believe, yeah, I think so. That was Ableton 7, yeah, it's, it's ages ago, yeah. That's how it started. Right. Um, can you 
remember what Ableton 7 was like compared to what it's like now, Ableton I guess it was 10. Like, yeah, uh, it was a lot more basic uh, in terms of like what you could do, um, especially with MIDI. I don't think it was as advanced as Ableton is now. And I think that the, the working yeah. algorithms and everything else, it was just quite basic. I think it was just maybe just the beats, mo- beats texture thing and, and, and that was, I think, and tones. And that was it. I don't think there was like the complex or complex bro. Yeah, there wasn't the yeah. complex. Um, yeah, sure. Um, but the, the reason why I kind of like switched over to Ableton and, and why it blew my mind, he was, um, I, at the time, I was working with Reason 2. <laughs> um, and it was just like, it was a transition to Ableton just simply because the editing that you could do uh, with audio, it was it was incredible. It was insane. Like back then for me, being able to take a loop, make it fit the tempo of the project immediately, you know, without having to do anything. Yeah. And then obviously manipulate it in pitch and stretch it and copy that same clip and then do some other alterations. It's just like, okay, this, this is, this is something special. And at the time, I don't think there were any other um, software uh, manufacturers that they were doing anything as close to what Ableton were doing. You know, they were just sort of like really unique and uh, it just blew my mind. Yeah. It's just, yeah, this is, uh, this is it. <laughs> yeah. It is a game changer. It is totally, isn't it? Yeah. I think I can't, I think, I think generous of music have developed due to Ableton anyway, like complex music wouldn't exist if Ableton wasn't created, I think, because just the nature yeah. of Ableton allows you to go really deep into either audio editing or live performance or just, I don't know, just like it's, it's kind of like the way I see Ableton is a bit of like a playground, right, in which people can try things out, try ideas out, and then you can you can you can make it as complex as you like or simplify it, or you can try different track ideas and say, okay, this doesn't work, this doesn't work, and then go to the one that you think works best. I mean, I can't think of any other dough, um, well, well, besides Big Week, I guess, uh, that that's anything quite like Ableton, you know? And that's that's one of the things that I just really like, is the playfulness of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, it it seems like it's really quick, you know, it's a great place to start ideas and just really, you know, quick to get going, you know, especially in, in the session yeah. view, you know, just to create like a couple different clips and then all of a sudden, you know, you can just feel like you've got something like really quickly, yeah. you know, easily and just in just a few minutes, it's easy to, to pull something yeah, together. And then of course, yeah, you can develop it, you know, in session view or of course in arrangement view yeah, as well. I think I think it's great. I think one of the funniest things, um being a teacher as well, besides being a I'm I'm foremost a producer and then teacher as well. Um secondly, right? Um but it's funny that um a lot of people that they like when they first start with Ableton they are scared. Because when <laughs> they open Ableton they are yeah, they're facing the session view and they're like what am I looking at? <laughs> I don't really know. And it's yeah. just once you get to, once you show them what's possible, they're like, oh my God, why haven't I been using this other software? Like why didn't I switch to Ableton before? But the initial sort of um, thought process, I think is a bit like, they're a bit sort of scarce. You know, they're a bit like, whoa, this looks a bit like an Excel template or something like that um and then once yes, <laughs> once you, yeah. you give them a couple of loops and then just show them that you can just drag the loop over to the 
session view on a channel and then have different things playing on the same channel and switch from different drum beats or whatever, they're like, oh my God, okay, you can do all of this. It's like, yeah, and you can do more and follow actions. And and suddenly they realize yeah. the potential or the creative potential of it. And they're like, yeah, this, I don't think there's anything, nothing quite like it really in terms of like... No, that, I mean, that was the thing for me just to realize that you could change you know within a session view from from line to line and that you could do that yeah. in time in the live situation it's just like that's yeah, insane yeah, yeah. Like, at that time there just wasn't anything else like it and again i don't really think <laughs> there is i guess apart from apart from bitwig like you said but i think bitwig is from what i know is it's really heavily sort of based on ableton and i think some sort of like previous guys who worked at yeah, yeah, ableton or definitely Some heavily the Ableton, inspired Ableton by them programmers i think isn't it yeah and I, yeah. I think like for example one one thing that i do sometimes which is quite quite an interesting thing is if, if you take like a percussive loop um what you can do is you can uh take a clip in the session view and duplicate that clip multiple times so maybe like duplicate it eight times or 16 times right so it's just on the same on the same session view and it's just one stack on top of the other, right? It's exactly the same clip. And then what you do is on each clip, you yeah. change the start point. So the first clip starts from the beginning. The other one starts maybe like a one beat after. The other one starts another beat after and so on. And then what you do is you create follow actions and you set them to random. And then because it's a percussive loop, then yes. you sort of get, you can get Ableton kind of like play like a random percussive loop with like a very short audio loop. Because it just kind of like randomly yes. picks different sections within that with different sections within that drum loop, it's really really useful. It's, you can you can do kind of like yeah, live well, jars cool. of like random stuff and and all the MIDI effects and all that stuff. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty impressive. I think like the thing that um, was quite out there, it was um, kind of like all the granular synthesis built inside Ableton. It's kind of like part of the software, you know, and that was really cool in terms of uh, time yeah. stretching or, or even the grain delay and uh, all the beat repeat you know I don't th I don't think there was anything quite like the beat repeat before I think there was like an effect that I'd never saw in any other piece of software when I saw the beat repeat I was just like what is this you know it's, it was quite yeah. new I thought so you're a teacher at Point Blank mm -hmm. is that right um, can you just tell us a bit about like the things that you're teaching at Point Blank and sort of how you got started yeah there? sure um so I've been teaching quite quite a few different things. I I taught um, sound design for a few years uh, using Ableton, so using all the Ableton plugins, um, stop plugins, which are really powerful. Then I also taught um, DJing and live performance in Point Blank. Uh, at the moment, I'm working remotely with them. Um, and I, right now I'm, I'm uh, teaching this uh, module called Creative Audio, which has to do with audio manipulation, um, using sampling, using warping. Um, yeah, so quite a lot of different things. And, and I, got, I got started with them because I had my first release on uh, said audio records, um, my album called London, right? Uh, and I literally like, got the album out and I contacted Point Blank and I said, guys, I'm, you know, I've always been kind of sharing. I was always, um, from all my friends, I was, all my producer friends, they always came to me to ask me for for advice <laughs> on music production. It was just yeah. like natural. 
they were like, Hector, how do you do this? And Hector, how do you do this in Everton? And it was just like everyone literally like contacted me just to ask me for advice on, on things rega- uh, related to Ableton. So naturally I was always helping other producers on how to overcome limitations on, on how to do things that they didn't know quite well, right? Um, yeah, so sure. it sort of became a little bit of like a logical step, I suppose, moving on from like helping my producer friends to helping a much wider audience. You know, I teach students around the world um, so it's quite an interesting thing. Um, and yeah, I got, I got basically uh, started uh, with Point Blank because I sent them my music um, and they were quite impressed with my album. I went there in person, gave them a, a copy of my CD. Um, and then they got in touch with me and they say, hey, uh, can we try you out? Can you do this? And, you know, you're going to hear a track and you give them feedback and some constructive feedback on, on the project. Uh, and they liked it and then they, they got me to teach in the school and then I taught online as well and now I'm carrying on and I've been with them for about seven years now. Oh, cool. Where is Point Blank based it's, out the, of? Point Blank, it, they're based in uh, in London, in uh, Shoreditch sure, yeah. area, so okay. like all, all market Shoreditch. Yeah, and th- there's a physical campus, is that right? There is, yeah. They have a um, couple of uh, schools there, yeah. Oh, that sounds, that mm. sounds really cool. I just think it's neat because I think there's young kids out there listening to this that may think, oh, do you know what? When I grow up, I would love yeah. to do that. I would love to teach yeah, I Ableton. Just, I just wanted to say um, I made a mistake. It's, it's actually Old Street, not Old Market. Because <laughs> in Bristol, oh, there's a place called Old Market. And in London, there's Old Street. So it's yeah. actually in Old Street. Um, yeah. And, and they do have, actually, the other thing that's uh, quite impressive is because when I started working with them, they only had just one uh, one site, right? They only have one school. And now they have expanded and they got yeah. two in London, but they also have expanded around the world as well. So there's in Ibiza, I believe there's in Singapore. So it's pretty cool. Like, you know, like the business is going wow. really well. Mm-hmm. So can you just tell anyone who doesn't, who you know, who doesn't really know much about, you know, what they do at, at point blank, are they sort of like year long courses? Are they a couple months? How, you can, how does it um, work? You can do like um, diploma courses as well. So you can do like basically like a whole year and, and you can sort of like choose yeah. which modules you want to do. Or also you can do a university, uh, basically you can do a degree as well. So that's three years. <laughs> that's it's awesome. pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. And the knowledge that you gain is pretty, uh, pretty advanced. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. Oh, that mm. sounds really cool. Um, so next next question I just wanted to get into, because it's such a big thing at the moment, is about the sort of live streaming thing, especially as we're in mm. lockdown. So more people are, than ever are having to look into like doing live streaming. So I wondered if you could just tell us a bit about what does the sort of person who's just starting out need to know about live streaming you know, any, any software that they need, any hardware and I guess, so on? Um, the software I'm using for live streaming is called OBS, which is... Yeah, that seems to be the one that everybody is using yeah, at the moment. Yeah, um, it just seems to be uh, one of the best ones because you can also stream in the stereo, which is pretty handy, you know, because there's nothing... I really do hate uh, platforms that um, you only hear the signal in mono because obviously when you make music, you want to hear it in stereo, right? Um yeah, yeah, it's it is quite, quite a big, big deal, deal. For, especially for producers, you know. Um, so OBS is one that um, I would highly recommend. It's a little bit complex to set up. Um, 
At the moment, for example, I am performing live every Saturday at eight um, at this website called nowhereelse.co.uk, uh, and uh, which is also on Facebook. And and basically, it's quite sort of like a setup where they send you these codes and you copy paste the code. And once but once you've done it, then you just basically uh, set up your audio so it's, the signal is going loud and clear to OBS. And using this thing called Soundflower, which is kind of like a uh, like yes. an alternative sort of sound card, basically. So it captures the sound from your computer. Um, and it basically, once you've done it, just make sure that obviously, if you're gonna if you're gonna stream yourself and do something in terms of like uh, placing the camera in an interesting place, right? Um, or have some visuals. Like uh, when I perform, I always have something in the background just to make it a little bit more interesting. Um, yeah, and, and just make sure that the signal level is uh, at the loudest that it can be, you know, so it's clean. Uh, and that's about it, really. And then have fun, you know, <laughs> that's that's the main aspect. Um, what are you using to sort of capture the video for your live well, streams? You, uh, you're going to laugh. Um, I'm always going to like look in, okay, my, my way, my approach to work is a bit of a weird one, but always looking at ways to take the current technology um, um, bypass some of the limitations. And I mean by that, like, for example, I was thinking to myself, I can buy a webcam or I can use the webcam on the computer or I can use my phone that has got a really good camera. And I'm thinking to myself, how can I use the phone so it streams to the laptop? Yeah. Right? And I did some research and there is a software called EpochCam, which is E-P-O-C-Cam, right, C-A-M, um, and it basically allows you to use your phone as as a as a camera, and it, you can even plug it by USB. And obviously, oh, yeah, and really it gives cool. you really good quality. And you could use the audio from your phone as well, so you can actually use the mics built into the phone if you wanted to, um, which is really good because obviously the phone is a lot easier to kind of like move around and place in different places. Uh, the only problem, and my advice when you do streaming because I, I face these issues, is uh, if your computer, if you're doing like a live set on your computer and you're doing the streaming on the same computer, it might not be a great idea because when you do streaming, it takes a lot of the resources. So if your set yeah. is quite a big set and you've got quite a lot going on, then my advice would be to have a separate computer that you use as a stream computer, if that makes sense. So... It's kind of like the easiest way is to just take the audio from Ableton going onto the other computer with a sound card, right? Um, and then extreme it from the other computers so the CPU is not, there's no problems with CPUs or anything like that, right? Because when you do live performance, you want it to be rock solid and you don't want to have any issues that, because you're streaming at the same time, maybe like this clicks or the buffer goes a little bit crazy in Ableton or whatever it is, you want it to be as smooth as possible. Yeah, sure. So with that app that you were talking about, the Epoch one, is it, do you basically just open open yep. that app on on your phone and you start recording, and then sound and then OBS will yeah, recognize yeah, yeah. Basically, that? Basically, it's got like is a that right? server that you can download. It's, it's got like this server, this driver that will just install on your computer, and then when you when you plug the phone by a USB, you have an option to either record from your built-in uh, webcam or record from uh, from the other camera, right? From Epocam. 
and off you go. You select that become, oh, awesome. and your phone becomes your webcam. Oh, wow. Yeah, really that's good. really cool. Great. Um, you know, as you were saying, you've sort of like, you know, you've kind of taught uh, sound design and you've, you've talked about the um, sort of like built-in stock plugins in Ableton. I wondered if you had any sort of like, um, kind of like simple tips and recommendations for people to look at, you know, certain plugins in Ableton that maybe they have, they've kind of overlooked them or maybe they use that plugin, but they didn't actually know yeah. that it could do this. Do you have yeah, any, I think like, um, any recommendations? One of the plugins that people hardly ever use for some reason is Operator. And, and Ableton, Ableton's Operator yeah. is, synth. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even joking when I'm saying that, but it's one of the most powerful synths I've used simply because of, of the simplicity of Operator. And and also because in Ableton you can always stack things, right? You can always create right click on the on the instrument and um, group it to an instrument rack, right? So you can always add more instances of the same. And I find yes. that with Operator is the sort of um, the sort of architecture of Operator is really simple. Like you got four oscillators that you can route in different ways. Um, and I think like Operator is for bass music is absolutely amazing. Because you can have one uh, one of the oscillators as the carrier, which carries a signal, and then you can modulate it in many other ways. And you can also draw, right, by adding individual parcels, right, individual frequencies. Uh, you can draw your own waveforms as well, right. So, so the complexity is insane. And also, if you think about a synthesizer, generally has got like a volume envelope and a filter envelope, right. But in operator, you've got envelopes per oscillator yeah. and you've got four oscillators to play around with. So you can do some really interesting things just by playing around with the envelopes of each one of the oscillators and you can have really evolving and, and quirky type sounds, right? Um, so it's definitely like yeah. one of my favorite uh, synthesizers, I think, bar none. Um, and obviously Serum, but... Yeah, operator is is definitely like dig into operator, especially for bass sounds, um, or for uh, for pad sounds. Anything that requires a lot of movement as well, operator would be the one to go for. So, Hector, I wondered if I could ask you if you had any tips for uh, people doing drum production. Yeah, so uh, one of the techniques I tend to use a lot um, is. Um, getting the sound, the, the, the drum sound sounding as clean as they can be, right? And and the way to do it, there's two ways. Obviously, you can use a gate, as you know, right? So you can use a gate and you can sort of like set the gate so it only allows the initial transients to pass through and the tail of the sounds is going to be, um, you know, um, it's going to get lowered in volume, right? Because of the gate effect. Yeah. Or what you can also do is if you use the uh, warping and you use beats, and you use transient, and then below transients, you will see that you got single shot, then you got forward, backwards looping, and forward looping, right? So if you select single shot, then you got what's known as the decay control. And because of the way Ableton works, Ableton sort of like analyzes the audio, right? And he, he catches the peaks, or he sort of like catches the transients for every drum hit, right? And he plays a pseudo marker, right? So what you yeah. can do is you can sort of like shorten the decay of each one of those transients. 
So that way you get like really sort of te- uh, sharp and, uh, and nice of drums without a lot of tail on them, right? So if you're looking for like a really clean sort of production, that's the way to do it. A clean production means that there's more silence in between the hits. So it gives the illusion that the production is like super clean because basically- yeah. oh, that sounds really cool. Yeah, there's just silence, right? Yeah. And the other the other tip I wanted to share, which is really cool, is if you got like a like an old drum break of some sort or like a hip hop break or whatever, right? And it's from a sample pack and you you feel the sound sounds good, but it's maybe too low fies or too degraded and it sounds a little bit kind of like muffled maybe. Yeah. What you can do as well is you can layer a copy of the same drum break and then you pitch it up by 12 semitones, right? And it's playing at the same time, but the, the copy that you, you make of the break, you pitch it up 12 semitones, use beats, single shot, as I said before, right? Transient, single shot, and shorten the decay. So what you got is you got the original drum break and then the other layer that you're creating with the same drum break, but because it's 12 semitones higher, and it's very short and stabby. It's just going to add more punch to the transients of the drum break, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. So that's that's another tip I wanted to share. It's a secret, but it's no longer a secret. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, well, I thought this time it would be quite cool to try something new. And Hector has actually got some music um, that he's going to actually perform for us right now. So I don't know what this is going to look like. I know it's going to sound great, but Hector, I'm just passing it over to you and I'm just going to let you do your thing and you can just let me know yeah, when you're not, done. It's not so much like a live performance per se. It's, what I've got is just a selection of, of different tracks. Um, just to give you guys a feel on some of the kind of like current projects I'm working on besides obviously uh, seeing me perform live. Uh, but the, the one thing I wanted to kind of like quickly show you is due to sound design, um, what I've been really developing is I've been developing 3D sound that sounds good on the speakers. Because um, that's, I felt that yeah. 3D, that's that's one of the limitations of 3D sound per se. You you never get 3D sound that sounds good on the speakers. You always get it to sound good on headphones, but when you play on the speakers, it never sounds good. In fact, if if you check my album called Journey, right? hectagon journey uh the whole album is 3d and it plays in 3d through speakers as well and i've I've been developing this thing that allows you to hear sound sound in 3d and with separation on the speakers um so i'm just going to play a very quick extract of basically the introduction from uh, the original blade runner track i think um blade runner film right which was the uh kind of like opening scene right and you will notice that at the beginning, the sound is normal. And I'm not going to tell you when it, when it sounds 3D, but I think I'll let you guys guess it because I think you will notice it straight away when it's like it sounds more evolving and, uh, and around you. Uh, so I'm just going to press play and hopefully you can hear that. Yeah. So the 3D is on now. And it's off now. And it's on. 
So anyway, that's just like a a quick example, right? So you can you can sort of that's one thing um, I've been working on, and I've also been working on. Um, okay, one thing I really sort of um, advocate for is to work within the limitations of what you already have, right? So I feel like um, a lot of software manufacturers uh, and hardware manufacturers they they make you feel like you don't have enough, or like if you buy this, it's gonna everything is suddenly just gonna be amazing and. And I think sometimes it's, it's, it's good to have new creative tools. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's absolutely great. But the other thing I'm trying to kind of like work on is how to uh, overcome limitations of the speakers. So one of the things I've been doing as well is uh, tuning speakers, right, with like microphones and like these things I've been working on to make any speaker uh, sound flat, so sounding neutral, completely neutral. So you can actually mix on pretty much any speaker. Um, and that's one of the things I've been kind of like working yeah. on, uh, which is also kind of linked up with uh, with 3D sound, right? So that, that's uh, that's another sort of like aspect I've been working on. And there's uh, there's a couple of um, hardware companies I'm going to be approaching as well on that, on that idea. Um, but yeah, so... Try to... My advice, okay, uh, this is one thing I tell the students as well, is try to work within the limitations that you got. Don't don't think that having like the na- latest tools is going to make your sound sound much better. The be- the best tool at your disposal really is your your brains, right? And ob- overcoming the limitations yeah. of the technology that you got in front of you, right? Um, so, for example, like uh, some people say, like, yeah, I'm just going to buy serum because I want to have that serious sound, but. If you don't buy serum and maybe like get to explore operator and wife table, you actually might realize that you can get incredible sounds out of those two synthesizers as well, right? So always explore yeah. the limitations and limit yourselves as well when you produce. Don't have like thousand sample packs and <laughs> three hundred plugins because you would probably spend more time sort of like going through your plugins library and trying to find the one that's gonna make everything sound great. My advice is like. Lend the tools you've got inside out, even if you only lend five. Lend them inside out because that's what's going to make the, yeah. ma- the biggest difference in your music production. Actually knowing the tools is going to speed up your workflow and then you're just going to flow with it, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, no, that's really cool. Cool. That's um, good advice. So as I said, you know, I've been making music for quite some time. So I'm just going to give you like quick examples of um, sort of like, I guess the the range of music I'm creating. So for example, I create uh, some kind of hip hop like this. sort of like sort of happy vibes uh kind of hip-hop which i think is um one thing i sort of like been returning to lately you know i think it's maybe because of the 
the whole thing of uh, with the lockdown and stuff like that, I feel like we, we all need kind of like happy music. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah, um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah we and, do. And also, you know, it's sort of like electronic and stuff. So going back into more sort of organic sounds. stuff like that or yeah or yeah, slightly more great. housey like uh this one for example uh called embrace which is more bass house so just to give you an idea that uh, this is one of these sort of um biggest things with record labels when you produce different styles of music is how do you market yourself as a producer right yeah that sort of stuff which is more like bass house or drum and bass yeah so yeah I mean, it that feels good sort of like that's one of the things i realize is nowadays i feel um in the music industry and in terms i think more in terms of the listeners right because because of the spotify i think mainly because of the spotify uh people are kind of like opening up to different genres of music and i think producers are also they're starting to realize that they can actually produce different things, you know, because me personally, I love many different styles of music. It's not just one style. It's not like I'm just saying, I only listen to house, or I listen to drum and bass, or I listen to electronica or whatever it is. There's, it's almost, I think, like for for producers and for listeners nowadays, we, we kind of, uh, we have opened up um to all these different genres of music and i think it's totally cool and totally right to be able to produce different genres and and i think listeners are also prepared for this yeah you know i think that the the time has come for like producers to be like right okay i, I can do this 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 and also produce house um examples of for producers like reso uh or culprite you know which are experimenting with like bass music but also they they can do like really mellow hip hop and then can do some really advanced kind of drum bass or really complex electronic stuff, right? Um, and I think that's that's the beautiful thing as artists, um, especially now, I, I don't think we should be restricted on what we can create, you know? We, don't, we shouldn't be restricted on just one style. And I think like we need to break that notion 
of artists just producing the same style of music throughout their lives. That's, I don't know. I don't think that's really healthy. Creatively, you want to explore different avenues. I, I don't know if you agree, but um, that's one of the, yeah. uh, that's one of the things I'm, I would like um, the music industry as a whole and, and producers to just kind of like take this on board um, and explore, you know, uh, just to give you an idea, like some of the students I've got, they, they, they might be like house producers or techno or whatever, right? And and the, the music is great, don't get me wrong, but when you ask them to produce something which is outside of the genre that they currently work on, it's incredible. It's like, oh my God, why don't you make hip hop or why don't you make drum bass or whatever? They're, oh, I don't know, you know, I don't. I just want to do house, I just want to do techno. That's when the really good stuff comes out because I feel like... Uh, when you just mm. focus on one genre of music, you want to make that genre so perfect, but you uh, you would kind of like, because you're focusing so much on, on that genre, you're missing out on everything else, you know? And I think like by producing different genres of music, it kind of like, you can bring ele- you can bring things from other le- elements of music onto drum bass, onto house, onto whatever you are working on, right? And I think that's the way to sort of, uh, push music forward, right? By kind of blending things in and bringing elements that maybe they are not meant to be working together, but you make them work, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about that I haven't asked you yet? Anything that's on well, your mind that you'd um, like to share? For the listeners, if you, if you want to check out my stuff as well, like um, you can visit my website if, if you like. It's uh, Hectagon. Uh, .co.uk so you can find information there about my performances um, and also uh, playing and performing live as well this uh, this Saturday night for example on uh, nowhereelse.co.uk you can find more information on Facebook at 8 um, yeah I think that's it that's sort of like the, the projects and there's one coming up as well which I haven't uh, I haven't really set up yet, but I will be. I will advertise it on Facebook as well, so you can follow me on Facebook. Sorry, on Facebook and Instagram under Hectagon, so you can find me there. And uh, and yeah, um, that's it really. I just wanted to share um, a little bit of what I've been doing, a little bit of my of my journey, so to speak, and and just kind of like guys, yeah. you know, like um, producers. I just wanted to say. Don't beat yourself up. Um, don't be too hard on you. Don't be too hard on yourselves, and just feel free to explore new things because that's when the true creativity is going to come out. When you explore outside of your comfort zone, when you explore outside of the genre that you normally produce, that's when the really, really good stuff happens. And I tell that as a teacher, um, having had uh, musical projects from hundreds of students, right? So always explore new things right and that that so you don't get stagnated you know because otherwise otherwise you just i don't know you feel a little bit limited and i think we as producers we should be limitless we should i mean that's what ableton does right it's it's a limitless tool why should we limit ourselves in the music or the general music that we create i think we should kind of like open up and and do different styles that all in as a whole kind of reflect our preferences as individuals, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Wicked. Well, thanks so much, Hector, for your time. I really appreciate you, uh, yeah, just taking your time to, you know, kind of tell us what you've been up to and give us some great, great tips and uh, encouragement as well. So thank you. Thanks very much, Kevin. And thanks, uh, thanks for having me. All right, another episode of Ableton Cast done. Thank you guys for listening. 
Again, please check out uh, the Instagram if you can. I've got um, a YouTube channel as well. Late to the party, but I am trying to bring content and I'm trying to get caught up with all the different social platforms. So hope everybody is safe. Hope everybody is well. If you want to email me, the email is abletoncast at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. If you want to have some music on the show, anything. Uh, If you just want to say, hey, what's up? Uh, That would be great. Um, So hope everybody's well and I will talk to you soon.